guess what? God wants you to burn for him. And guess what? God wants you to shine for him. And and this is a time for us to reflect and say, well, how am I burning for the Lord? What does it mean? Am I burning brightly for the Lord? How am I shining in uh, whatever situation that I find myself so that I can become a better and growing witness to the Lord in everything that I do and say in my relationships workplace? And I got this phrase, burning and shining, from John chapter 5 and verse 33 to 35. And you might want to turn to it, John 5, 33. And here, Jesus is describing the testimony to himself in his ministry and the witness to himself in his ministry that John the Baptist gave. John 5, verse 33. You have sent John... And he has testified to the truth. But the testimony which I receive is not from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He was the lamp that was burning and was shining, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. In other words, Jesus described the ministry of John as a burning and a shining light. A burning and a shining lamp. What a beautiful description of John the Baptist. And I believe that God wants us, in our own way and calling, to also be burning and shining lamps for the Lord. You know, it's interesting to reflect on the role of John the Baptist. He was called John the Baptist. You're getting baptised in water in a few moments' time. And John the Baptist went into the wilderness and preached to the crowds a baptism of repentance or a baptism of life change. He was preparing people for the ministry of Jesus. That was what his main role was. He wanted to get people ready for Jesus. And then when Jesus came, he wanted to point to Jesus. He was the signpost, if you like, to the ministry of Jesus. And we read a little bit more about him right there in the beginning of John chapter 1. When it speaks about the light coming into the world, it's talking of Jesus, of course. But we also see that John is mentioned as, 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 um, as bringing a sort of reflection of Jesus, the light of the world. So in John chapter 1, verse 6, it says this, There came a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light which was coming into the world that enlightens every man. And then verse 19, we have a further description of the character of John the Baptist. And look as I read this, how John was just a reflection of the light that was to come. And and as we read this, you'll hear John saying in, in different ways this, not me, but him. Not me, but him. John refused to take any glory for himself, refused to take any credit for being a light. His whole purpose was to point to Jesus. Verse 19 of John 1. This is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? And he confessed, and he did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. They asked him, 
what, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. They asked him, and he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? So that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the Isaiah prophet said. Now they'd been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him and said to him, why then are you baptizing if you're not Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them saying, I baptize in water, but among you stands one who you do not know. It is he who comes after me, the thong of whose sandal I'm not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan when John was baptizing. The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the, the sin of the world. This is he on behalf of whom I said, After me comes a man who has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. I did not recognize him, but so that he might be manifested to Israel, I came baptizing in water. John testified, saying, I have seen the Spirit descending upon as a dove out of heaven, and he remained on him. I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, He upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. I myself have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. That just gives you a picture of John's ministry. His whole life was simply to be a burning, shining lamp of witness to Jesus. We know that Jesus said, well, he is in a sense an Elijah. We know that. We, we know that Jesus said in other parts of the Gospels that he's the greatest prophet that's ever come to earth. But we see that when it came to John, John would not label himself. He wouldn't take any of the credit for how God was using him in the ministry. And literally, before Jesus was to come on the scene, John's ministry was the greatest revival move that Israel had ever seen. They were flocking to him in their hundreds and thousands. They were coming way out into the wilderness. He didn't hire a major venue in the centre of Jerusalem. He didn't take the O2 centre, or he didn't take the Royal Albert Hall, a venue you might say, well, that's a strategic venue, and the transport's quite good, and they'll come. No, he went out into the desert where there were no roads, no transport, no hotels, nothing. He went out there, but such was his burning and shining that people were attracted, attracted to his light, like moths to a lamp, but also attracted to his warmth. Jesus didn't just say that he was burning. He said he was a burning shining. He didn't just say he was shining, but he said he was shining and burning. This is how Jesus summed up the ministry. And so they went out to see him. You know, if you read the histories of revival, and I've written a book, you can get it for three pounds, and it's called Land of Hope and Glory. And every chapter gives you a slice of a revival throughout the history of Great Britain to give you a feel, just to immerse you in that particular revival, to get a feel of what was going out without, you know, giving you too much. And then you can go and find out more, should you desire. And... Uh, 
This picture of John the Baptist reminds me of, of, of the ministry of one of the greatest evangelists in the history of Britain. He was the one that launched the Methodist movement. His name was John Wesley. And he used to go out into the fields because the churches either didn't want him to preach in their churches or there were too many people that were gathering. He would preach to thousands, tens of thousands, 20,000, 30,000, and he would find a great big field outside the city. And people would come to him. They were drawn to him. There was something about the way that God was using him that drew people to him and... Um, and, and he would preach the gospel, and many, many, many of them would get saved. And someone said to uh, John Wesley, well, you know, in terms of, well, what is the secret? Why do they come out in their thousands to hear you preach the gospel? And he said, and Wesley said this, and it's very similar to John the Baptist. He said this, I set myself on fire, and people come and watch me burn. Isn't that a wonderful phrase when we're talking about spiritual fire, spiritual burning? I set myself on fire, on fire for the Lord. And people come because they see the light. They watch me burn, but they also feel the heat, if I can put it that way, of the Holy Spirit moving through him. And so John the Baptist was a shining, burning light. They came for light and they came for heat. God wants us also to burn stronger than we are and to shine brighter than we are. Uh, Jesus, didn't he teach in, in the Gospels? He said, you know, a city on a hill can't be hidden. Do you remember that? And he also said, don't hide your light under a bushel is the old-fashioned term of it, but it could be a bucket. In other words, wouldn't it be crazy in the dark to light a candle and then stick a bucket on top of it. Under the bucket, there would be a shining, burning light. But nobody would be aware of it. I think one of the things that the Holy Spirit might be encouraging us with this afternoon is that for some of us, and this is an encouraging word, not a judging word, for some of us, it's time to take the bucket off. It's time to let that light shine. You know that song some of the kids sing? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. If you're a Christian here today, you have a light. God has put a light inside you. And God wants that light to grow and to shine out of you into other people's lives. More burning, more shining. Well, what does it mean to shine and to burn like a lamp or like John the Baptist? All of this to do with bringing Jesus into people's lives. All of this to do to see darkness dispelled around us, to see darkness uh, pushed back by the light. In John chapter 1, it speaks of Jesus being the light of the world. And it says that the darkness didn't understand it, but the darkness couldn't overcome this light that was shining. And God, through our lives, wants to increase the intensity of the shining light of the gospel through our words and our lives to everybody around us. That's his plan. 
So what does it mean? We'll go shine and then we'll go burn. What does it mean to shine? Well, when we talk about somebody shining in their career or their chosen field of interest, what we usually say is, is that they shine. In other words, they're outstanding, don't we? So we say, oh, he, he was a shining light in his mathematics class, which means that he was outstanding. He stood out so that he could be seen. Uh, oh, you really shone in that performance that you, uh, you were in. Oh, you really shone in that, that, that game of football or netball that you played. In other words, what happened was, was, that, was that your brightness, the brightness of your gifting, the brightness of your ability was displayed to everybody. You can have a bad game of football, a bad game of hockey, uh, and still be a good player, but you just didn't shine that time. So we often use the word as shining as somebody that begins to stand out as different or even superior to those that were around them. And I think spiritually speaking, God wants us to shine. He wants us to stand out because we're Christians. In other words, we live as Christians, we act as Christians, we talk as Christians, we respond as Christians. Everything that we do, we do as we grow in discipleship with the Lord. And what happens is, the more we mature as followers of Jesus, actually, the brighter we will shine. We will outshine those around us that don't know the Lord or know very little of him. Now, light, as you probably know in the Bible, is often linked to truth, to knowledge. In the epistle of John, the apostle says, your children of light walk in the light as he is in the light. In other words, this is talking about letting the light of God's word and God's ways penetrate our hearts so that we actually begin to put into practice the teaching of Jesus. We become his disciples, we become like him, we, we act like him, we forgive like him, we pray like him, we love like him. All the different aspects of the Christian life we grow in. And as we do that, we are learning, we are growing, we are, are growing in our understanding of the word. Your word, the, the uh, uh, psalmist says, your word is a lamp unto my feet. In other words, God's word, God's teaching actually opens up the darkness so that we can see things the way they really are and not how we have thought them to be. There's a big difference between what people think is real and what is really real. And as Christians, we learn, don't we, that the way we used to view the world, ourselves and others, is very different to the way that Jesus views the world, ourselves and others. And as we grow in grace, in the faith of Jesus, we begin to see light. We begin to see things we've not seen before about ourselves that need correcting. We begin to see things about God that we've not seen. We begin to see things about our circumstances that we've not seen. Things become clearer in the light of God's word. We begin to understand ourselves better in the light of God's word. We begin to understand God better in the light of God's word. We begin to understand how things really work on the earth according to God's word. We begin to see more clearly. 
And so as we shine brighter, what this means is not only that the light increases in our life of understanding the Word of God and how God's creation, fallen creation as it is, works, but it also means that we are now in a situation to bring light into different aspects of our life. What if you're struggling in your relationships? What if you're struggling in your marriage right now? If you're struggling in your marriage, you know one of the things that you need more than anything is light, illumination, that God can shine and show you the way forth to mend and to heal that, uh, that, that uh, relationship that you're in. But God wants you, wherever you go, to be a torch. John the Baptist was a shining, burning lamp. Well, that's the old-fashioned word, isn't it, for a torch. And so you see these mega powerful torches that you can get. God wants you, wherever you go, to shine. How do you do that? Well, as you put into practice God's word in your family life, in your relationships, at work, or in education, as you act as a Christian and live as a Christian and speak as a Christian, you might not realize it, but you're shining light. The Bible says you're salt, and that salt preserves the good that's in situations. You're a preservative without Christian salt, or if Christian salt is, loses its saltiness, people are acting as Christians, then the whole of society will eventually will break down. Do you know that? So there's a saltiness. But it says salt and light. And so at work, you are the light shiner at work. You and any other Christians that are there. You are the one that's meant to bring the light. You're the one that's, that's meant to bring reconciliation. You're the one that's meant to be the model to those around you of what Jesus is like. And this happens in the little things as well as the big things. It's the little things in the office place. You go to the sink and people haven't washed their cups again. Anybody ever been there? <clears throat> Kitchen problems, we even have them at uh, KT's Summit House and we get emails from uh, Claudette uh, telling people off for not doing it. Well, I mean, people should wash up after themselves, shouldn't they? But what are you going to do as a Christian? How are you going to shine your light? You know, just to go and to wash those things doesn't cost you much. But someone sees you, it's a little light, but it's the light shining. So it's not just the huge, big things about being a shining, burning witness for Jesus. It's often the, the little things that people notice the most, isn't it? You know, so the boss says, I need someone uh, to stay on after work. And everybody's going, not me, not me, not me. And there's no overtime in it, so not me. And you stop and you think, well, do you know what? I, it'll be an effort, but I can do this. And you say, I'll do it. What are you doing? You're shining. You're shining. So it's, 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 it's the way you treat people. It's the way you respond to real-life situations. You, you, you know those wristbands that you can still get today? It's got WWJD, what, what would Jesus do? WWJD, what would... Okay. It obviously had a great impact on my life. It's basically, what would Jesus do? And uh, so you think, in every situation, you think, well, what would Jesus do if he was with us? Uh, and, uh, and you try as much to do what that is doing. And the Holy Spirit is helping you in that situation. It's also to be able to illuminate people. 
to give them the benefit of your Christian perspective on things. Not that you always have to say, this is my Christian perspective, or the Bible says, uh, that doesn't always work. Often when you say, the Bible says, people naturally switch off. But what you can do is take the principles of the Bible, fellowship, friendship, service, all these things, and you can model these and speak these things into uh, the, the marketplace. We had a very powerful testimony of one of our young men, and uh, he had applied um, uh, for a bursary from a, a law firm that would not only put him through his, uh, his law training, but then he would have a bright future for that. Now, thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people applied for this position uh, because it was, it was funded and it was such a great company. The chances of getting it, humanly speaking, were virtually nil. But this young man, he, he got to the final stages. And the thing which really got him the job, because he got it, was he began to shine. And as they did group work and discussion on how as groups to deal with different scenarios in like a law firm situation, he began to talk and to apply principles that he'd learnt in discipleship from the Bible and from what he'd learnt in his cell group. He began to talk about working together, fellowship, all these Christian principles he began to put into practice. And as he did this, people, people were amazed. The leaders were, where, where, you know, where's this come from? The maturity, the, the understanding, his, his ability to get people to cooperate on the same team. All he was doing, I say all he was doing, but all he was doing was applying Christian principles in the workplace and the world place, and it got him a job. And, and, and now he's being trained by them, and it makes you think, wow, if he started shining like that, how much more is there to come? If you're a teacher here today, if you work in a retail, in a shop here today, what does it look like for you to shine at work tomorrow? If you're a bus driver, or if you work in a factory, or if you're looking after children, what does it look, what would it look like for you to shine brighter as a parent? In your neighbourhood, if you know your neighbours, how would you shine your light to that neighbour? What little thing, as well as big thing, could you do? It might just be to look over the fence and to say, hey, how are you doing? Would you like a mince pie sometime this Christmas? You know, it, it's, it's amazing how, how, how a little shining, when it comes from the Lord, can dispel a lot of darkness and give a lot of opportunities for further shining. Shining, reflecting. Also in the church, shine brighter. You can shine into people's lives around you. If you're in a cell group here at Kensington Temple, some of you are, some of you aren't. It's not the greatest sin in the world not to be in a cell group, by the way. Everybody can go at their own pace of grace in Kensington Temple. But we hope there'll come a time when you'll say, you know, I appreciate what a cell group is and I'd like to be part of one. And if you're in a cell group, are you shining in that cell group? I mean, are the words that you speak to one another, are they shining with light, shining with grace, shining into people's hearts? You can, you can bring a light into people's lives. You can speak knowledge. You can talk about the things of God. You're shining a torch. Sometimes Christians can go through great darkness, can't they? The darkness of discouragement, the darkness of just being broken on life's wheel. 
the, dark, the darkness of being let down, the darkness of not knowing why God uh, allowed something to happen or hasn't come through as we hoped he would come through. Well, you might be just the person to bring a little bit of light into that person's life. Just a little bit of encouragement. Just shine your light into someone that's struggling with a little bit of darkness and you'll be amazed what the Lord will do. It might be a little light, but this little light of mine, no matter how small I think it is, I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to be the bright spot in the workplace. I'm going to be the bright spot in the neighborhood. I'm going to be the bright spot by the school gate. I'm going to be the bright spot in the class. Wherever I am, I want to shine. I, I can't do it myself, I understand that. But that which God has given me to shine, I want to shine. And then I want the Holy Spirit to increase the shining ministry of my life. Not that I'm going to point people to me and take the credit, but I want them to show them what it looks like for a Christian to shine in their lives. And if you don't know what to do, ask the Lord to give you an opportunity to shine in works of love, in deed, in, in, in conversation. So we have this shining, the bringing of truth through action, words, deeds and understanding, both in the church and to people around us. If, you, if you're spending Christmas with family members today, be the shining light of that. You, you, know, you, you, you be the shining star on top of the Christmas tree, if you like. You be the one that shines. I'm not asking you to be something you're not or put something on. This is already within you. You have a light. Just let it shine through your good works, your love, your blessing, your attitude. Just let it shine. It's already in you. Just don't cover it up by fear or getting uh, worried or, or getting distracted. Let your light shine. So we've got the shining of John the Baptist. He brought truth. He pointed the way. He, he had another way of living and called people to it. He brought light, knowledge, revelation, and he brightened the world around him with his knowledge and ministry. That's shining. Well, what about burning? If, if shining speaks about bringing light and knowledge and, and showing what the gospel is like in word and deed, what is burning? Well, the idea of burning for me has many things, but it's this sort of heat that's generated, a warmth. Naturally speaking, sometimes you can find people and they're just very warm people, aren't they? Uh, that just happens to be their natural character and you're right there and they just make you feel at home and... There's certain people you just like to be with. You know, we've got all these work do's going on, haven't we? And uh, Christmas this and Christmas that and, and all these things. And, and, and when you get into these environments, sometimes you see someone, don't you? And uh, you sort of like make your way towards them. You go, you're looking around, who shall I sit with? Who shall I talk to? And then you see someone and immediately you find yourself walking towards them. It's a natural thing. Why? Because they have a warmth about them that you like to be around. They make you feel good. They make you feel relaxed. They're positive. There's something about them that is warming. Well, when we speak about burning for the Lord, we're speaking about something that's intentionally spiritual. When I spoke about light and giving out light, that's very practical. That's like getting the light out there, doing it, saying it, being it. 
But burning for me is something that, that, that is something deep down in our hearts and that starts, firstly, for burning towards God. It's, it's our relationship with the Lord. Shining, our relationship with others. Burning, our relationship with God. That which is deep in the heart. Burning, for me, speaks about passion. Speaks about devotion, about worship, and about prayer. Other things as well, but for me today, the burning of worship, the burning of gratefulness to the Lord, the burning of devotion, the burning when someone's set on fire in prayer and they're praying and they're burning like incense, their prayer is burning and rising to the throne of God because they're on fire. They're passionate about the person they're praying for or the situation that they want God's kingdom to come in. They're burning. John the Baptist burnt for the Lord. He was fervent for the Lord. It was something that came from the heart. A burning devotion, a growing burning devotion to the Lord, to the things you burn for the things that God burns for. You become more passionate for the things that he's passionate for. You You begin to care increasingly about what God cares for. There's a growing burning devotion within you that expresses itself in worship, prayer, calling on the Lord. It's passionate, this burning. Do you remember the disciples on the road to Emmaus? I preached about them not recently. And they said, as Jesus spoke God's word, and then they realised it had been the Lord all the time, they said, didn't our hearts burn on the way when he spoke to us about the scriptures, burning, shining. And the thing about burning is that it's contagious. Do you know that? That as the Holy Spirit begins to burn in people's lives, your burning will set other people on fire, whether you realize it or not. There's this story about Christians that that, that Christians should be like the that should be like the coals in the fireplace. And while those coals are together on fire, even if if the flame burns down, the coals keep each other ignited. And they say, be careful that you don't remove a coal from those coals because very soon it will not burn, it will lose its cooling. Hot coals together remain on fire. But not only that, If you take burning coals and you place another coal on top of them, what will happen is that that heat, that burning, will ignite eventually the coal next to it. There's something contagious about fire. We see that in what happens in trees and forests and forest fires. James speaks about how the tongue used in the wrong way can be like a forest fire. That gossip and bad talking about people goes from person to person. It spreads rapidly. Gossip spreads rapidly like fire. And so James warns against the wrong use. But a tongue that's set on fire for the Lord or a heart that's set on fire will not only produce a burning in that life, but will, people will just be standing next to you. People will just be around you. And what's on the inside of your heart will touch them. They will catch the flame. 
We're going to hear more about this tonight with Gabriel, but one of the messages that took place in Sunderland a week ago that I mentioned earlier was that the prophet Paul Cain said that he was there to strike a match as it was. Well, if you strike a match and you just leave it, what happens? Well, it just burns out, doesn't it? The idea is that the match is going to strike and that it's going to light a lot of people around it. I have these candles, can, I get these, uh, this is the time of year where we light candles, isn't it? Well, it is, it is in my house. So when we cook a meal, we get the candles out, it's dark, it's nice. And I have those long matches that you, that you can get to light it. And I don't know why I'm so um, stingy, but I get very funny about how many of these matches I use, but they're cheap as chips, you can buy them all the time. Yeah, it's funny, I, I've got this thing about how many matches I use. So I strike a match, and I'm trying to light everything in it, and even when I should use another match, I'm still trying to, you know, tip it in, and ow, ow, and I'm burning myself. And then I'm thinking to myself, what are you doing? There's hundreds of them there, they're about 10p a packet, and you want to do, well, that light, you're trying to light as many candles as you can with one match. But the beautiful thing is, the more candles that you light, the more candles can then light other candles. You hear what I mean? It's, it's, it's like, and so one of the things I believe that God is wanting to do amongst us is that, that the burning aspect of the Holy Ghost, that his fresh fire, as we grow in this, I'm not asking you to be totally on fire and totally shining for the Lord. But what I'm saying is God is saying we can shine more and we can burn a bit brighter and that God is bringing fuel into our hearts so that we can burn and shine greater than we've done before. Listen to the word of the Holy Spirit to you this afternoon. Burn and shine a little bit more than you've done before. He's saying, let it out. Let that shine. When you worship, when you pray, let the Holy Spirit cooperate with him. Let him burn a bit stronger. Get a bit burning in your worship. Uh, cooperate with the fire of the Holy Spirit that's already in you and let it grow and let it burn and let it grow stronger and in the workplace and in your relationship step out take off any buckets or any, anything that's obscuring and let your light shine with your words and your deeds let's stand together